Romans chapter 12, verse 11. And I want to preach a very simple message tonight. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Uh, true story. There's a name by the, um, you know, there's a man by the name of Paul Railton. Get this right. He's known as the laziest man in the world. Sad, isn't it? I mean, all, all the things you could be known for as, you know, strongest man or, you know, what, just doing all this amazing feat. And this guy was known as the laziest man. In December of 2009, Paul, this guy was reported to the authorities, listen to this, by a cyclist who saw him walking his dog by driving his car slowly and holding the leash out the car window. <laughs> now, Paul, he admitted this was a very unusual method of exercising a dog. Yes, it is very unusual indeed. Uh, listen to what he said. He said, it was a silly thing to do. And there was definitely an element of laziness on my part. Now he pleads guilty to the charge of not being in proper control of his vehicle. He was fined, had his license stripped off him uh, for the six months he was unable to drive. Uh, but I, I, you know, I shared this story to say this. You know, our society is moving further and further away from the value of hard work. There is a rise in laziness. It's sweeping through towns, nations, countries, and sadly, it's sweeping through the church. Now, I showed that clip because here Pastor Dax is, and you guys know him, he's a man who's working hard. He's, he worked a full-time job and also pastored the church in Beanley. But here it is, you know what, a man who's just given to the will of God, given to working hard. And in our text, Romans chapter 12, verse 11, I, I want to encourage you tonight. It says this, not lagging in diligence, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The Greek word for lagging is translated okneros, and it means to be slothful, it means to be lazy. And so the verse is saying, don't be lazy, be diligent. Have this fervent spirit. You got to keep on having this passionate spirit and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you, you know, maybe you've gone through some times or seasons. Don't drop the ball when it comes to your personal walk with Jesus Christ. Come on, I've seen people come in, get saved, do wonderful things for God. They come in, they get involved, and they're being part in their ministry. But somewhere along the line, they begin to become lazy. They begin to put aside prayer. They begin to get lazy in reading the Word of God. They begin to be lazy and sleep in when there's times they needed. God was dealing with them about de developing a prayer life. But they became lazy in their faith. And I want to tell you, instead of having this crazy faith, they got this lazy faith. And listen, the word fervent means to have this uh, display of passion and intensity. And so I want to preach a very simple message entitled, Lazing or Blazing. Come on tonight. We're either lazy people or we're ablaze for Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. And our text says tonight, not lagging in diligence. Number one, if you're making note, God worked, so should we. I'm preaching a very simple message tonight because I believe a spirit of laziness has come through through the towns and even through cities and nations where people are now simply unemployed because they're lazy. And I want to emphasize on work for just a couple of minutes because it's important. How many know it's always easy to justify taking life easy? 
You know, taking life easy. Simply, it's just easy to be unemployed. Now, there's a place for rest. Don't get me wrong. The Bible teaches there's a place for rest according to the pattern that God established. Remember from the beginning, God himself worked. Come on. He worked and then he had that day of rest on the Sabbath. So there is a place of rest if you follow the pattern, which is to work and then rest. I mean, most of the times people just don't simply work. They're just resting all day long. <laughs> on the couch, Netflix and chill. Oh, get a job. Nah, 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 nah. And you know what? It's, it seems uneasy for me to preach this because you know what? It's society is teaching people to take it easy. Hey, chill, relax. Come on. But I'm telling you, I'm preaching the Bible tonight that men should work, that women should work because God worked. And so should we. But saying that, there's the obvious exception to the rule. I mean, there's wisdom right here. You know, the disabled person obviously is unable to work. So there's a pension specifically designed for that. Okay, there's wisdom. There's exceptions to the rule. There's people who are retired. They've worked their whole lives and now are retired, uh, unable to work physically. You know, there's a book called Barefoot Investor that encourages those who are retired to work one to two days. Reason being is to keep their mind sharp. And so there's exception to the rule, but to those, come on, to those who are healthy and fit, to those who are able and, you know, God is giving you strength. Listen, we must not be lazy. We must work because God worked. God designed through creation to work. In the Bible, you know, it's filled with so many stories of women uh, who are working, laboring in the field with babies on their backs. You see it through these third world countries, how they're working on the field, babies on their backs, they're carrying water on their head, babies on their backs. These ladies are working hard just to provide. But in the first world nation, I'm telling you, man, it's so easy to be lazy. No one wants to work. Come on, nobody wants to get up in the morning. No one wants to go out and head out to work because men and women have become lazy and the devil is behind this. The devil is behind it. There's a spirit that runs through families and individuals not wanting to find work. And Proverbs 31, you know, I'm talking about women here who work. God gives a perfect example of women working, telling how she's blessed and she rises early. She works with her hands. A woman who works and God blesses the work. God blesses those who labor. Now, if you're a family with small children and you can't afford, uh, you know, to live, uh, uh, you know, comfortably uh, where, you know, you can't simply get food on the table. Wisdom speaks and says, find a job, find a job. Don't rely on your husband's income. And he's, oh, yeah, you know, but I mean, no, there's wisdom when there's, you know, you're unable to live, you know, in this day and age. Wisdom says, hey, listen, this is a reality here. We need to go and find a job. I want to say this tonight. I want to make a statement. Don't use having kids as an excuse not to work. I mean, amen. Don't use having kids as an excuse to not to work. You know people personally that don't work and they just stay home. And the Bible says in 1 Timothy 5.13, And besides, they learn to be idle, wandering from house to house, not only idle, but also gossips and busybodies saying things which they ought not. You know people who are like this. <laughs> you know people who are like this. 
you know people who are living out this very verse and it's a spiritual issue of laziness and the Bible is teaching us not lagging in diligence don't be slothful don't be lazy when it comes to your faith don't be lazy when it comes to finding a job but fervent in spirit I was doing some research and according to Investopedia researchers have found that being unemployed has some major effects to a city. Listen to this. Unemployment has costs to a society that are more than just financial. I found this very uh, interesting. Listen to this one. Unemployed individuals not only lose income, but also face challenges to their physical and mental health. Societal costs of high unemployment include higher crime and a reduced rate of volunteers. Unemployment affects people and it infects the city. Can I say it again? Unemployment affects, uh, you know what, infects people, infects the city and affects the people. There's physical and mental health when it comes to people being unemployed. There's increased crime and reduced rate of volunteerism. I mean, this is talking about the church right here. Where people don't work, it's now affecting congregations, it's affecting communities. And listen, a idle mind is the devil's playground. I mean, you find yourself not working. I'm, I'm speaking to myself and you, you're not working. All of a sudden, these thoughts come in your mind. All of a sudden, you know what? This, this issue that you thought you were over is coming back because the devil is having a plague in your mind. And this is why the Bible is saying, listen, you got to find some work uh, that a man should work with his hands, that women should go and work with their hands. There's no room for gossip now. There's no room for going house to house because they're busy. Not busy with other people's business. They're busy with the, trying to build their own life. <laughs> and I was doing some research, uh, you know, more into this. And I was like, man, this is astounding. Many economists consider 4% to 5% unemployment rate to be full employment and isn't of concern. So 4% to 5%, that's all good. Sweet. We're sweet. Anything above that is a concern. And so I investigated. I was like, oh, okay, Lord, that's, what about the Logan area? In 2020, December quarter, the unemployment rate in Logan City was 8.2%. That's high. Bean Lee. Oh. Here we go. I'm touching on it tonight. Bean Lee has an unemployment rate of 9.5%. Eagleby. Oh, Eagleby has an unemployment rate of 12%. <laughs> it, it's, and, and so here it is. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking. I was like, oh my goodness. This is our city. This is the streets you live in. This is our hometown. This is our Bailey. This is our Eagle Bee, man. And I'm, I'm reading this and I'm gathering this information. I'm saying, like, God, bring revival in our church. God, bring revival in people's lives. Uh, God, bring a conviction when it comes to people getting saved and going to work. Because God brings revival, listen, into an individual. He's able to bring revival into a community. Jesus is the only hope. Can you say amen? 
Jesus is the hope for Eagleby. Jesus is the hope for Bean Lee. And I want to stir our hearts tonight. If you're not working, if you're looking for work, keep looking for work. Don't be lazy. I want to encourage you tonight. God wants to change our communities. I want to encourage you. God wants to improve the, this rate, this statistic that's on our city. And I'm telling you, it's going to happen because people begin to get saved and people go out and work for God. News articles are, are, you know, given about Australia's unemployment. And I'm reading this and, and they, they're giving options on how they're going to tackle unemployment. And everything is like all about uh, that we've got this strategy here and, and more money being sent out, the doll and, and all of this. And I'm thinking this is all external work. This is all just soul management. The world has settled for soul management. But you know what? The answer is not on this program and this and that. The answer is in soul transformation. The Bible teaches us, and this is through discipleship, that you must be born again, that you must get saved and become a disciple. And new converts, we need to get this conviction of working a job and paying tithes to God. I mean, I remember I got saved. And I, in my mind, I, I didn't want to work, man. I... Later for that, I finished high school. That's my work done. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I don't want to go study no more. I don't want to work no more. But I'm telling you, I got saved. And God gave me this conviction. I'm seeing other men, you know what, who used to be drug addicts. I'm seeing other men who used to be, you know what, locked up in prison. And they're out there working. And they're a testimony to people, winning the people in their workplace to Jesus. And I'm telling you, I'm just like, whoa, man, God used my life. And God convicted me, Bobby, you need to get a job. Stop living in mom's house. Oh, 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 stop living. You know what? You know, try and get money from elsewhere on the center link. Why don't you go out and get a job? Ooh, God spoke to me. I'm praying God speak to you tonight. <laughs> you know what? Because this is what it means to being a disciple. When God moves upon an individual, he brings revival and he begins to convert us to Christ. And we get this conviction now that work is a spiritual discipline. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. What about you tonight? Are you playing a part of this statistic in Bean Lee? Are you playing a part of this role of this statistic in Eagleby? It's time to be a disciple. Rise up and say, you know what? I'm not going to be dependent on the doll. I'm not going to be dependent on, uh, you know, girlfriend's income or boyfriend. I'm going to be a man and a woman of God and find some work. And I can be a witness and I can be a testimony to those in that place. God designed work to develop character. Can you say amen? Like being on time. <laughs> like it teaches us to submit to a boss. I mean, it teaches us to be honest even when no one else is around. I mean, these are just simple qualities that you learn through a trade. How you react to people who are just being a nag to you. You learn all those things at work. And I'm telling you, the Bible teaches us, do not steal. But I wonder how many people steal time from their employees. Being lazy on the job. People commit time theft every single day. Deliberate waste and abuse of company time and money. In the U.S., it costs the U.S. economy over $120 billion a year. This loss is three times more than it is for recognized business crime. At some companies, 20 to 40% of employee time is stolen. 
office employees are 30% worse than blue-collar workers. These are all statistics. Workers under 30 are the biggest offenders. <laughs> I'm my readers, I thought, God, I pray you bring revival in the youth. Bring revival in us young people to, you know what, not simply bring these statistics high, but bring them down for Jesus Christ. You learn personal skills. You learn to develop conversation with people, social skills. Hey, you got to smile, be kind, be nice. How you respond. It's all of these things is learned in the workplace. And then it teaches you how to manage your money. Not to spend it out, oh yeah, impulsive purchases. You begin to be a disciple, you go to work and it teaches you through work how to save now, how to put aside money, all through being saved and born again and now living for God in the workplace. I'm telling you what, it's not time for us as a church that we get people come in and they just don't simply work. Listen, I'm telling you, God is not going to use your life. God is, does not delight in lazy people. I encourage you, you know, I don't have time tonight to go through all the things about laziness. I preached a message, uh, I think it was called Lessons from the Lazy Man. I encourage you, you know what, have a listen to that message. Uh, go into Spotify, listen to that message when you get time. But it goes through scriptures of scriptures of Bible verses about the lazy man. God is not pleased with the lazy man. Second Thessalonians verse 10, For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. Bible is clear. Hey, if you ain't going to work, you should not even eat. Amen. Let's move on. And I close with the second point. That's working for Jesus. Because our text says, not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Working for Jesus. The one thing Paul is saying here is, you know what? Do lots of work for Christ passionately. Time is running out Jesus is coming back but I'm telling you our life is but a vapor Jesus understood this he even said it himself in John 5 verse 17 Jesus answered him my father has been working until now and I have been working I'm telling you what if Jesus and God are workers how much more should we be workers John chapter 9 verse 4 I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Time is running out. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Come on. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. The wisest man in the Bible is saying, man, we got to do it now. We can't just simply wait and get to the grave and they speak nice words about you. But what did you do with the time that God had given you? What did you do with this little influence that which God had deposited in your life? Our lives on earth is short. The Bible says it is but a vapor in James 4 verse 14. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away church it's time that we rise up as people church it's time because we only have this limited amount of time this amount of breath in our physical life to do our works for God because there will come a time when all is said and done when everything is gone at which point we can never impact the lives of others for the kingdom Time is running out and the days are more evil than ever before. 
So we must redeem the time and be filled with God's power now. Ephesians 5 verse 15, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation. He's talking about destruction, but be filled with the Spirit. Here it is. We need to walk circumspectly, which is to walk wisely and redeem the time that is lost and the days are evil. Jesus saw his work as a fulfillment of God's call on his life. John chapter 4 verse 34, Jesus said these words, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I want to give you seven things to take away tonight. Romans chapter 12 verses 11 through to 13, it gives us in context, but I want to give you seven Ps. So if you got a uh, notepad here, I want to give you seven Ps from Romans chapter 12. So number one, personal work, don't be lazy. The Bible says in verse 11, not lagging in diligence. It's talking about personal work and personal faith right there. Number two, private prayer, which is fervent in spirit. So you have number one, personal work, don't be lazy. Number two, private prayer. Number three, public ministry, which is serving the Lord. If God has called you to do something, listen, I want to encourage you, pursue it because God wants to use a faithful person who is willing and able to do the will of God. Number four, praise. It says rejoicing in hope. Number five, patient in trials. Amen. Trials that come and go, we need to be patient because this develops maturity. Patient in trials. You might be having a trial at work. You might be having a trial. Listen, all these things will build maturity and character in your life. Verse 6, uh, sorry, number 6 is prayer again. Continually, steadfastly in prayer. You see this verse alone, Romans 12, 11 through 13 is teaching you personal work, private prayer, public ministry, praise, patient in trials. And again, prayer. This is, the, this is the hallmark of the believer, a prayer. People who are consumed with prayer every day, pray. You know what? Not lagging in diligence when it comes to private prayer. Listen, in the morning, get up and pray. Don't be lazy. Get up and seek God while he may be found. Where God begins to strengthen you. God begins to give you wisdom for your life. God begins to give you clarity in your mind. But I'm telling you, God will not give you those things if you're just simply and utterly lazy. And number seven, and I close with this one, is provision. It says this, distributing to the needs of the saints, given to hospitality, provision, helping those in need, doing the work for Christ. I'm telling you, the only way you're going to do the works for Christ is simply coming through this personal work of prayer and God developing your character through work. Come on, church, let's set a blaze in Eagleby and Beanley. Let's change this statistics one soul at a time. And it starts with you. Starts with you tonight. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Simple message, lazing or blazing. 
encourage you after this message, maybe even have a listen to, uh, you know what, the lessons from a lazy man. Write down the scriptures, write down the, the verses that talks about the Bible and a lazy man. But tonight I wanted to hone in. I felt God just being speaking about just people having a conviction for work. And, and you are not being lazy in this area and not being lazy with, you know what, and slothful in our work. But completely being used by God. God wants to use you, my brother. God wants to use you, my sister. But will you move by faith or will you move by your feelings? God wants people, men and women, to work. Those who are able. Like I said, there's exception to the rule. Those who are you know, disabled, retired, can't work. That's, that's the exception. But to those of us who are healthy, fit, who are able to work, work. And when God changed my life, I found destiny was set in motion because I decided to simply work. And I didn't know it. I look back now. You know, there's, there's jobs that I had. My first job was licking envelopes. God dealt with my pride in that job. How to be humble. How to serve others. How to develop relationships with older ladies that were there. I was like, man, I don't want to work with you. But God was dealing with me. I'm not going to say. <laughs> One envelope at a time, man. Paper cut, tongue cut. Yeah, all that. And then God moved me from that position to this God-given job that I had no quality uh, qualifications for. I needed a OP. I needed to study. I got given this job 19 floors high in the city where men and women wear ties and, you know, dress nicely. I was, man, I was a street kid. But God saved me and I decided to be faithful. And, and the Bible's true. You be faithful in a little. God is faithful in the bigger things. And God saw a young faithful teenager who decided to work and God began to open more doors and more doors and more doors. I left this other job which I was at before coming here 11 years of employment training people, teaching people skills and, and things in, in the workplace and all of that was, was learned from years and years and years of just simply being faithful to a job every single day if you're a man and you've got a child, you've got kids, listen, you, you need to find this responsibility and say, you know what, I'm going to get up and go to work for God and for my family. Mothers here tonight, you know, single mothers, you know what, you, you, you're able to work, find, find a job, listen, pray God open up a door so that you can begin to provide for your home and your family. I believe God doesn't want us to be dull bludgers, earning on the dole, sitting at home. Doing nothing. I believe God wants to raise up an army to be an influence in the world because God chooses the foolish to confound the wise, the weak. You know what? To, to confound the strong. But I'm telling you, will you be obedient tonight and say, you know what? I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to get a job. I'm going to be a testimony. I want to invite you know what, maybe you're here tonight. I want to give you an invitation. You're unsaved, you're backslidden, you're not saved. Lift it up tonight. I don't want to belabor the point. Message is clear. You're not saved, you're, you're backslidden. If that's you, God's speaking to you right now. Lift it up. We're kind of a privilege to pray with you. Church, these altars are open. Come, let's find a place to pray. I believe God's speaking to some people tonight. Come, come out of your chairs. Let's find a place to pray. Let's pray for Eagle B. Let's pray for Bean Lee. Let's pray for our families. Let's pray, you know what, God? Help me to be a better worker for my employee. 
I don't want to steal time. I don't want to steal these things. Come on. Let's be people, a testimony that say, okay, God, you've spoken to me tonight. Help me to be diligent. Maybe you need a job. Come out of your seat tonight. Come to the altar. Humble yourself. Humble your pride. You need a job. Come. Come to the altar. Say, yes, God, that's me. Come to the altar. Maybe God's been dealing with you about being faithful in your workplace. When you come to the altar, say, God, help me to be faithful. Maybe you're here. You know what? There's character issues in your life. You're lazy. Come to the altar. Come on. Come. Let's be honest tonight. God, deal with the laziness. God, deal with my pride, my my insecurities. God, at this altar. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Jesus, fill us with your spirit, Lord God. Help us to be faithful. Lord, your word says, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful servant, not lazy servant. God, you even said, you know what? Throw those wicked, lazy servants into hell. God, you, you discern these things, Lord God, and you, you recognize the wickedness of the lazy servant. I pray tonight for faithful workers, faithful laborers in the kingdom. I pray, promote, Lord God, faithfulness, those in their workplace. I come against every work of darkness. God, I pray against the demonic boss. God, that holds them back from coming to church on Sundays. God, I break every curse, Lord God, upon every family. Lord, I break a poverty mindset. I break a victim mindset right now, God, that allows them to say, Oh, yeah, Lord, you know, I'm, I'm, I can't work because, Lord, I break that mindset in the name of Jesus. Set people free tonight, Lord God. I pray you raise up businessmen and women in this congregation. God, we don't want to pray for businessmen and women to get saved. We pray raise up businesswomen in this church, men and women in this church. Yes, Lord, bless this church with, with men and women that come from the... But I'm praying specifically, raise up, Lord God, and entrepreneurs in our church. Raise up, Lord God, workers... Lord, in this world, God, there would be a testimony, a light that shines in this dark and dying world. God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help us. God, as we begin to be the city on the uh, a church that's a light to this world. A church, Lord God, that is the hope for this city, this community. And I pray one soul at a time, God, as they come in to get saved. I pray, God, that they would get a conviction, Lord God, to get a job and pay tithes and offerings to you. God, for that is a true test of faith. You said where the treasure is there, the heart will be also. It is a, God, it is a testimony, Lord, for one's heart. I pray tonight, God, let our hearts be receptive to you, obedient to you, Jesus. Oh, minister tonight. God, not lagging in diligence, but fervent in spirit. I pray, God, let it be the boiling point. God, I pray for passionate believers, passionate workers, laborers. God, you said the, the, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. I pray against laziness. I come against apathy. I come against every demonic spirit of the flesh and of hell. God, I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Oh God, I pray tonight that you'd help people connect the dots in their breakthrough. I pray connect the dots, Lord God, as they begin to get a revelation of work. God, I've been faithful, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord God. Oh Lord, I worship you, Jesus. 
Oh, marana mama siye nerebebe. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Let praises rise from the inside, from the inside of me. May Fill my life tonight. 